0: It's a week of central banks this week. The Fed, the RBA and the Bank of England. More signs at the end of last week that Europe will have to take inflation seriously, whilst China will have to do more if they want to reach their growth targets this year. It's going the wrong way right now. The RBA tomorrow. Australia clearly isn't immune to inflation, it seems. So what will they do? And we're a week away from victory day in Russia. Russia is not winning. So what will Putin do this week? It's Monday, May the second, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning we well, a big fall in tech stocks at the end of last week. The Nasdaq lost more than 4%. The S&P 500 was down 3.6%. The Dow lost 2.8%. Whereas in Europe, stocks finished up a 0.7% rise in the euro stocks, 50 half a percent up for the FTSE 100. A lot of the uh, the US fall happened after the European markets closed. But it's fair to say they were uh, down, really, from the beginning of the start of the trading day in the US. Uh, we saw a big rise in bond yields, 10 years up 11 11 basis points in the US to 2.93%, 10 points for 2 years in fact right across the curve. Uh yields moving up a little slower though in Europe bonds uh, in Germany up just 4 basis points. And oil was falling in price, a 0.6% drop in WTI, just 0.1% though for Brent. Nothing dried home about there. And the US dollar Actually lost ground for a change, down 0.6% on the DXY, below 103 now, uh, which uh, is a lot lower. But there again, three months ago, it wasn't much over 96. So again, let's not get too excited about that. Some of the fall in the US dollar will be down to a 0.9% rise in the pound. The Aussie, though, fell even against a weaker US dollar, losing 0.5%, actually a 2.5% drop over the uh, the week last week, finishing up at 70.6 US cents, which is the lowest since February. So we've got a busy week ahead. Uh, we've got a week of central banks. Before we get on to those, though, let's quickly return to the end of last week with Nabs Rodrigo Catrill. Uh, there wasn't a lot of good news, was there? I mean, that's perhaps why we saw the market reaction that we did on Friday. We'll start in the US, where the uh, PC price index came in higher, although if we look at the core number that was that was sort of more in line with expectations so we could say it's getting worse or it's getting better it just depends on which number you want to choose and normally i guess we choose the uh, the core number so perhaps
1: it's not so bad um morning phil yes yeah, so, so i suppose that there's a couple of things because in terms of the u.s data releases the the two important ones was the the pce um which as you say particularly when you look at the core reading uh, it's up from 5.3 to 5.2 on a year on year basis um which again is playing to that narrative that there's a lot there's a bit of a payback that will begin now uh, over coming months in terms of those re- base effects from the big spikes in inflation that we had last year. Um, so that kind of, it, it gives us a little bit of a breather, if you like, in terms of these huge inflationary pressures that we've seen uh, in the U.S. and around the globe. Um, but I think the other kind of important data, data release in the U.S. was the Employment Cost Index, um, which is a, a really a, a broader measure and, and one of the preferred measures by the Fed uh, to look at the, the sort of the, the inflationary pressures or wage, wage pressures that, uh, that exist in, in the US labor market. Uh, and that's surprised to the upside, uh, jumping 1.4% in the quarter against, against expectations of 1.1, uh, uh mm. increase. So. So that's not easing off. That's not easing off. And, and that's the one that uh, we think has played a big factor in terms of the, the move up in yields that we saw on Friday, which really was mm. quite a parallel shift. In terms of that 10 basis point increase uh, across the curve, uh, but importantly, it's it's, it's it's continuing to 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 bring forward and and rise expectations of of a more hawkish Fed, um, um, yeah. and to to the point that now the market is is playing with the idea that in June. Uh, we may well see um, a 75 basis point I- increase in core wow. funds rate. So 50 this week, 75 next month. Is yep. that what they're thinking now? That's wow. what they're thinking. And, and that that in itself, I think, is 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 a factor. We, we talk about the equity market performance. Um, one of the big components of, of the decline on Friday has been the, the underwhelming figures coming out from uh, Amazon as well as Apple. Um, yeah. But it, to some extent, when you read the details of Amazon's decline, it is a function of all of this. You know, they, they talk about bottlenecks, they talk about inflationary pressures, increasing the input cost. Uh, and they also talk about the decline in, in sales, um, which, again, yeah. is so, I mean, only, of- only,
0: yeah, only going to make 120 billion uh, in, the second, <laughs> in the second quarter. How are they going to manage? But I mean, if the um, so all of that sort of starts to make sense. Uh, but on the other side, you know, personal spending was up 1.1% month on month. That was a lot more than expected. So I'm not sure whether that is good news or bad news. I mean, if you've got supply constraints, then you could argue that it's just going to be another contributor to rising inflation.
1: Yeah, and, and the story there in terms of the, the, the personal spending is essentially a reflection of, of consumers in the U.S., digging into their savings uh, in order mm. to to maintain the sort of expenditure patterns so or at least try right. to keep up with it so um, so they're not buying more they're
0: just having to pay more for stuff yeah that's that kind of makes sense doesn't it just yeah. on the just on, on this idea of uh, 50 then 75 if you're racing to get to a point why wouldn't you do the 75 first
1: well i suppose the first of all the the market is playing with a 75 uh, uh, mm. basis point hike. Uh, the, 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 the narrative coming from from the Fed has been very much, and, and from Chair Ch- Ch- Powell in particular, has been very much that, you know, a May 50 basis point rise uh, is, is locked in essentially. Um, so I, I think that they will deliver on what they've been saying. The question is what, what happens beyond May? And, and uh, the data... And the flow of the data, which at the moment continues to support this idea that there are huge inflationary pressures, and particularly a labour market that is tightening, and let's not forget we get non-farm payrolls on Friday, that will be important in terms of uh, what to expect over coming months as well.
0: But, I mean, what's the expectation of how long this is all going to last, all this inflation? If we look at the Michigan consumer sentiment, it was a lot higher than the, uh, uh, than the March figure. And the, uh, the expectations number, 62.5, a big rise. From 54.3. I mean, I mean, it's only one survey for one part of the country, but I mean, that sort of suggests there's a collective wisdom in uh, Michigan anyway, uh, that, you know, it's a bit of a transitory period and things are going to get better.
1: Yeah. And, and I suppose to your point is that what we're seeing at the moment um, is that it is not just a, a bringing forward of, of, of rate hike expectations for, for the Fed. Uh, but what we're seeing is there's a continued lift of of those expectations uh, in terms of how high the terminal rate will will be. And and just mm-hmm. to give you a sense, you know, for February next year, the, the market is now pricing a, a Fed funds rate of three percent. So we're continuing to see that sort of lift uh, in 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 pricing expectations, um, which uh, at the moment that that's where the Fed will be very important in terms of what what Fed Chair Powell says this week, because the market is trying to to really get a sense of Okay, we got the idea that you need to get to neutral very quickly. We know that neutral is somewhere around 250, but we don't know is whether the Fed has an intention of continuing to lift the cash rate beyond neutral um, and then the question is, how high? That's a bit of a way to go before we see the next ECB
0: meeting. But I tell you, they're going to have to pull their finger out, aren't they, when they get uh, when they eventually meet again? Because those inflation concerns are rising. Uh So we had the the the, the flash numbers for core inflation up from two point nine percent to three point five percent in April, at the year on year figures, which is quite above a bit above expectations. Um But we're also seeing growth in GDP still three point seven percent year on year for Germany, five percent for the euro area. But it's the producer prices as well, isn't it? There's a bit of a worry. PPI for Greece, forty-six percent year on year.
1: Yeah. So the the Europe story in terms of the growth narrative is that uh, you know further weakness or further slowdown should be expected in the second quarter, given um, mm. all the issues that are, are you know surrounding inflation, but also the the, the Ukraine war. And um, you make the point that the ECB still has time. We we know that the ECB is going to meet on the eighth and ninth of June. Um, but importantly, after those numbers that we got, particularly uh, the, the inflation numbers, um, the, the chief economist, uh, Philip Lane, came out. Um, and, and quite surprisingly, given that he's always been a more dovish or uh, along the more dovish in, in terms of the ECB thinkers, um, he's talking about the idea that, well, the, the discussion is not really about when we're going to lift uh, the deposit rate. The question is how quickly and how high we're going to lift them. Um, mm-hmm. um, because of of this narrative of of inflation that is now showing a broadening in terms of its nature, rather than just a headline that is coming from energy prices. So, um, so the theme of of a, of a quick normalization, if you like, is not just about the Fed. It's it's now also about about the ECB. Um, I, and I suppose just the last point to make is that one of the reasons why Philip Lane was kind of kind of more cautious about everything is is that all will depend on, on what our forecast numbers look like and, in in the June meeting on the 8th and
0: 9th. Right, and there's a, a lot to go on before then, of course, including what happens next uh, with the war uh, in Eastern Europe. So the EU now saying they may actually remove Russian oil from the equation by the end of summer. I mean, there's talk about whether they do it by the end of the year. They might bring that forward. There's the big worry as well about what Russia's going to do on May the 9th, which is only a week away, their victory day, because they've got nothing to celebrate so far. Will they turn up the dial? So, uh, uh, you know, we'll have to wait for news on that. An interesting question on shares. Looking at, I mentioned in the introduction, how uh, European shares over the last month have actually done better uh, than uh, than U.S. shares, the Nasdaq was down 13% in April. The DAX only lost 2.2%. I guess that is uh, that's the growth because there's more growth stocks, I guess, sitting on the Nasdaq, and uh, so the, the, they're feeling the hurt more.
1: Yeah, there's certainly that that sense that it, you know the the U.S. market is more tech and, as you say, growth heavy, um, mm. whilst they have, you know Europe is more about sort of manufacturing and. And yeah. banks, um, and they haven't, they have, they've been hurt, but not as much as those tech stocks that have been forced to reprice quite significantly. I mean, some of the numbers we, we should not forget, like the fangs uh, have been essentially smoked and in in, in, mm-hmm. in April. And some of the numbers have been, I was looking at that, have been pretty impressive or pretty shocking, if you like, uh, in terms of how big the decline. Netflix down 40, 49% in April, NVIDIA 32%. Yep and and so on. So it's been a massive hit to, to the tech uh, growth sector in the US.
0: Well, I'm looking at Netflix. I think there's nothing on it. I'm going to get rid of it. <laughs> uh, China, over the weekend, PMIs falling well into contraction territory, uh, particularly uh, non-manufacturing, down to 41.9 because, of course, they can't go out. They can't go out and eat dinner because they can't go out at all. Uh, but they are still stuck, sticking with their 5.5% growth forecast. So, obviously more is going to be done there's going to be more fiscal stimulus uh, whatever it takes to try and keep that uh, but that growth but i mean they're going the wrong way at the moment obviously
1: yeah and I, I suppose a couple of points to make one in terms of the decline in equities that we've seen during april is really been a function of that global growth slowdown concern uh, against the backdrop of rising inflation now the slowdown that we're seeing in China has obviously been a big factor of that. And and the message coming from Saturday is that uh, it's not done yet because of, of the restrictions that's are still in place uh, and, yeah. and the slowdown that we're seeing in activity in, in China. We've got to remember that the typically the PMIs in China tend to be a very good leading indicator of activity around the globe. And if China slows down today, then typically that gets reflected in the PMIs and ISMs in the U.S. three months down the line. So... Uh, more of the slowdown in terms of growth should be expected given what's going on in China at the moment. Um, and then the other point to make in terms of this rhetoric really that we're seeing from China it's, it's really been that. It's not surprising or rather, the market is not surprised, but yet another comment coming from the Politburo that they will be, you know, supporting growth and they're still committed to that five point five growth uh, target for this year. But the reality is that there hasn't been any action following through or supporting that that um that narrative. Um we don't know how much more infrastructure spending they're going to do. We don't know exactly how or where they they plan to spend the money. So part of the issue of course is that um you, you can't spend the money when you're in lockdown. And, and, and I think we, we just need to wait for how those ease of restrictions evolve uh, before we can see exactly what, what China is going to do.
0: Right. And obviously that all spills over to, to Australia, which is presumably why we saw the Australian dollar down uh, so much at the end of uh, end of last week and probably not going to pick up in a hurry this week, I wouldn't have thought. But we also had uh, producer prices higher than expected, 4.9% for Q1, Q1Q uh, on Friday. Uh, that's on top of, of course, having those higher-than-expected CPI figures that we talked about last week. So... I mean, all the, add all of that together. I mean, the RBA obviously is going to lift rates tomorrow, isn't
1: it? Well, we, we think so. Uh, um, there's, there's always been that sort of concern around whether the RBA can or should lift their cash rate in, a, in an election month. Um, mm. But but ultimately, the, the concern, the, the RBA is an independent bank, and really it's about uh, the inflation and growth outlook in Australia. And, and given these huge inflationary pressures that are also starting to, to arise in the domestic market, uh, we we think that the the RBA has plenty of arguments to do a, a gradual increase to to rate hikes. Uh, so we only expect that 15 basis point in, increase um, tomorrow. Uh, and and essentially, like what we've seen in in every part of of the world, is that they policy normalisation needs to occur pretty quickly. Um, and and the sooner that they start, the better.
0: And we get their forecast we'll get the statement of monetary policy on friday so that'll help us figure out perhaps a bit more about their path for the rest of the year we don't have to wait for their forecast though their forecasts uh, come out their inflation forecasts etc
1: come out after the uh, after the statement today don't they Tomorrow yes so typically that, that t- post meeting t- statement so, yeah. <laughs> yeah typically that post meeting statement ahead of the the S&P that usually comes on Friday uh has yeah. quite a lot of detail they they tell you exactly what they're thinking in terms of uh, their outlook uh and what will be important of course is what they think about inflation um not only how quickly or how high is going to expected to peak this year but also how quickly is expected to decline and hopefully seen declining back to the band next year as well
0: Yeah, all right. We also get Aussie jobs today, but we know there's lots of jobs. It's just, uh, are they the right jobs or the right people? We've we've got this global mismatch, haven't we, which is slowing everyone down. We also get uh, more PMIs today, the manufacturing PMI for Japan, 54 last time. And Europe also gets its final manufacturing PMIs for April. Then U.S. construction spending and ISM manufacturing as well. I guess on, on all of these, I mean, it's we want to look forward I mean forward orders are going to be pretty important aren't they for all manufacturing numbers we want to see how hard the supply chain continues to be hit
1: yes and and if anything the, the focus will be on those ISM because we um, mm. we haven't yet seen the ISM numbers in the US uh, as you mentioned there's been a lot of decline and volatility in new orders and readings coming from the regional surveys. Um, so it will be interesting to see whether that is also reflected in the in the US ISM manufacturing tonight as well.
0: Right, and we also get uh, European confidence numbers as well uh, later on. But we you know we know things aren't going well there. Uh, we know that's not going to be good. Uh, that's it for today. Uh, thanks for your time, Rodrigo. Cheers, Phil. And that is the morning call from Nab. I'm Phil Dobby. Back again tomorrow. See them.